Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, Soul Talk friends. We are so grateful to follow Jesus with you. And Bill and I just got back from some days off and vacation. It was a special gift from God to us. We got to have six days away and went to Hawaii, found a special deal together. It was beautiful. And one of the things we do, Bill, when we go on vacations like this is we're really intentional to set boundaries around work really intentional to use it, not just as a a time away or a vacation, but to to really go places where we can be quiet, where we can slow down everything in our life to be really present to God and ourselves and each other. And we do some spiritual reading during that time. And then we have organic soul talks every day out of that. And it's it's really life-giving for us. And so you packed up what I think did you have 10 books with you <laughs> not <laughs> quite 10 but yeah <laughs> we, we, had to, we had to pay an overweight fee in our luggage <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't because of my books <laughs> you're so funny now we also had some fun though right we, we, we take some fun. walks yes. we lay out on the beach right. and yes. we had some adventures went to see some waterfalls yes. and we had fun but our spiritual <laughs> conversations are fun too mm-hmm so, but and, well, I, and I especially I enjoy reading, and then I yeah. enjoy talking with you about what I'm reading. Yeah, well, and I enjoyed the reading that I did, and talking to you about that too. And I appreciate that you do because I learn a lot from you, overflowing and sharing with me what what you're learning. And in fact, um, one of the books you had with you this time was Postinia by Catherine Dardery, and the subtitle is Encountering God in Silent Solitude and Prayer. And you. Um, Many years ago, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something when we were teaching in our Soul Shepherding Institute and you started talking about our soul being a postenia and I remember thinking, Bill, you you can't teach that. You can't talk that. That's like weird. Like people are going to (laughs) understand that. Like, you know, and then, but I've changed my mind on that because I found it so helpful personally, what I've learned from you on that. And so this time as you were diving deeper in this book and revisiting that and sharing out of that. My response wasn't the, oh, that's so weird. At first, I kind of teased you about it. and um, But I've come to really appreciate it and found it really helpful, your teaching on that and how I benefited from that. So I leaned in more to what you were learning and appreciated your sharing out of that. Uh, you actually l- r- liked the soul food reading that, that I wrote. I uh, loved it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for our friends might say, soul food reading, what's that? So at our Soul Shepherding Institutes, one of our favorite things is at breakfast, the second half of breakfast every morning, you share a soul food reading, which is something that you have written up, a summary of one of these spiritual classic books that you've read that has been really pouring into your soul, really ministering to you and your relationship with Jesus you read these devotional classic writers, and, and I do too, because they warm our hearts for God. They they enliven our hunger for God. They stir up our appetite. They real they make us realize how desperate we are for Jesus. And they also inspire us because we see other people, average people, these saints are, like you and I, that we could relate to. And we see the ways that 
God has transformed them, used them. We are reading and inspired by their life in God. And so it's infectious. It's a good virus, right? That C.S. Lewis talks about that we want to spread. And that's what these do. But you're particularly gifted in being able to get the treasures and the nuggets from these books that sometimes I don't have the patience with the difficult wording from past centuries or uh, the length of them. And so you mine the treasures and make it accessible to all of us. And that's such a blessing. I love doing this. And spiritual reading is a really a staple spiritual discipline and soul care practice. Certainly we live and teach this in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats and uh, so much that we can glean from the holy um, men and women of the past and learn from them and apply to our lives and uh, deepen our our intimacy with Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, I, l- I love these books and it's really fun to, to share the, the spillover. And so, yeah, my practice is I carefully select the books that I read and I read it. And then uh, as I read, I make highlights and uh, notes. And then I go back through and I read the book, partic- reread the book, particularly my highlights, uh, underlines, uh, ponder, pray about it, talk about it. Uh, and then I go back through a third time and, uh, or I like to, I haven't, I haven't caught up yet with all the ones I've read uh, of the, the best classics, but then I like to write a soul food reading. And then I get to share it with our friends you know, over the uh, second half of breakfast in our institute retreats. And so I get four times through, through my best favorite books because Dallas Willard taught me that uh, we, we who are followers of Jesus and very earnest about this, uh, we read too many books, says the man with four libraries of thousands and thousands of books. <laughs> we read too many books, he says. Uh, if, if you want to be wise, uh, aim for depth, not breadth. Go deeper on the best books and reread them. And so I've really taken that to heart, and I found that to be true. Because Dallas says if you, if you go deeper, you'll get the breadth thrown in. But yeah. if you just go the breadth and go shallow, you, you won't really learn that much. Well, and we saw it's been fun for us because a lot of these books we got from Dallas's reading list. And it's been fun as we read them. Oh, that's where Dallas got that. That's yeah. where Dallas got that because we see that in these books mm-hmm. where he's gotten an idea or he's gotten some wording or he's lived into it and then expanded on it. And so that's been fun for us as well. And we found that to be enriching for us. So you have recently done another soul food reading. Yeah, I'm always changing them up. Well, lots of times I stand up and say, this is a new soul food reading I've never given before. Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun that way. So Yeah. So you've got a new one now based on this book, the Postinia. Yeah, by Catherine Doherty, and she lived from 1896 to 1985. She was a, a Russian-Canadian who served as a Catholic lay apostle, social activist, spiritual writer, speaker, and spiritual mother to countless people. This really fits with the discipline of spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why it was of interest to you and why you're excited to share it with our listeners. She was a spiritual director, not so much in the traditional sense of having a, a shingle and charging a fee and um, as a ministry business sort of a thing, um, but more in the ancient way 
from Russia. And so she, that, that's what's particularly interesting about her is that she, she was born and raised in Russia in a Christian home and uh, educated in a convent. And then with the Russian Revolution, uh, she escaped as a young woman, uh, newly married, uh, and uh, she and her husband uh, almost died in Finland where they escaped to. Then they left uh, Finland and came to Canada, and that's where they settled Unfortunately, her husband was very emotionally abusive and uh, repeatedly unfaithful to her, so she ended up uh, getting that marriage annulled. And later she remarried someone who was a very devout man of God, and they they actually took vows together of poverty, chastity, and and faithfulness in in their their marriage, of course. And uh, they served God together in what became known as the Madonna House, uh, which was a, a special home for people that had a vocation to uh, live together in, essentially as spiritual directors uh, on, on mission in, in the community. She focused on ministry to the, the urban poor uh, and uh, to um, uh, ethnic uh, diversity and really helping people that hadn't had the opportunities and, and the privileges uh, that some of us have had. And she experienced a lot of persecution because this was Quite a while ago, she was early 1900s, uh, and so she had a lot of difficulty in her life that God really used, and then that fueled the birth of the Madonna House, which is when her ministry really took off. And she she wrote over 30 books in her lifetime. She was a very gifted speaker and thinker, and uh, this book, uh, uh, Pustinia, is considered a spiritual classic. It was written in 1975, which is fairly recent for a spiritual classic. And um, my favorite thing about it is that she introduces to us the old Russian Pustinics, which lived in a Pustinia. Yeah. Tell our listeners more. What yeah. is a Pustinic and what is a Pustinia? And what does it have to do with spiritual direction? Yeah. So a Pustinia is a Russian word that means desert. And uh, it's simply uh, a place of prayer that comes out of being uh, in solitude and silence with the Lord, um, but not as a total hermit. And so this is the interesting thing is that the Pustinic, who is the one who lives in a Pustinia, would find a village. Uh, this is in you know, uh, old Russia and in the uh, farmlands and so forth. He'd find a, a village that didn't have a Pustinic yet and talk to the elders and ask for permission to serve as the Pustinic for the village. And one had the blessing of the people, he would uh, build himself a hut uh, at, at the edge of the forest outside of the village where there'd be a little clearing. Make, very, make a very small hut there, uh, and that's where he would live very, very simply. Uh, really, the only thing he had was, was a Bible and uh, you know a desk and uh, uh, would eat very simply and uh, live very humbly. Uh, didn't even have a lock on the door, uh, just a, a latch that could be opened. And so then he would be available to the people of the village. And one of the ways he'd be available is when they had a special need, like uh, it's time for the harvest to come in uh, and maybe maybe rain was coming. He he would respond to that. The, somebody from the village would come and say, hey, can you help us? You know, rain's coming. We, we got to do the harvest. And he'd drop everything, sometimes for days at a time and help the people in the village or village celebrations and other things. So everybody knew who the Pustinic was and he was a part of the village life, even though he was mostly, you know, a part, but they could see his, his hut over there 
And then people would, would go and meet with him because they knew that he was a man of prayer and they could see it in his face. They could see the glow. They could see the sparkle in his eyes and the ways that he was a blessing to people and this, the, the peace and the joy that he had. And so he would give spiritual direction to the people of the village who would come to him. And it, when they would come in, he would be hospitable and share whatever food he might have, which usually wasn't very much. And uh, he would maybe give them a basket. He could weave baskets and he wouldn't sell them. He just would give them away and this kind of a thing. So this relationship of the Pustinic with the people really illustrates spiritual direction. And the Pustinia does as well, because in the ministry of spiritual direction, we want our, our soul to become a Pustinia, a place of prayer. And, and this, this is especially so in the ministry of spiritual direction. But this is true for all of us in our lives as we go about in our, uh, our daily life, our, our work, our, our, uh, our errands, uh, our family life. If we could live with the sense that my soul is a place of hospitality that uh, people can engage with, and uh, I'm in a, a dialogue with God as I live my life. And so that picture is very inspiring to me. It is inspiring. It's a great ministry of spiritual hospitality. Something that we teach in our uh, Social Shepherding Institute retreats is that your soul is actually, if we think of our soul, it's hard to understand what the soul is because it's... Um, it's so vast and deep and uh, complex and we confuse the soul and the spirit and the heart and soul is actually your whole personality from deep inside flowing outward. So it's deep like the heart, but the heart is very specific. It's the center. It's essentially our heart is, is our will. Basically the heart and the spirit are the same as the, the center and the focus of the person that's um, not it's in contrast to our, our body, our, our flesh. But the soul really encompasses all the functions of our personality. We love the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, our mind, our strength, and love our neighbors, ourself. And so the soul is one of the dynamics that Jesus lists there in his greatest commandment. But it, it's, it's the one that ties all the other ones together. It's the one when it integrates our whole, our whole personality and so a lot of times we think of the soul as if it's like this little spot inside our body. And when we die, it's going to float up to heaven like Casper the Friendly Ghost. But actually, it's more true to say that your body is in your soul because your soul is bigger than your body. And so our soul emanates out from our bodies. And that's why when we walk into a room, we can sense somebody's vibe uh, and we can sort of maybe feel what they feel and they can feel what we feel and the room change can change potentially when I enter, especially if my soul is a pustinia of prayer. I've been accustomed to, to quiet and to, and to solitude and uh, rhythms of life training for intimacy with Jesus. And as I go about my day, I'm learning to do it all with Jesus and for Jesus and to shoot up little prayers for people. Lord, you know, bless this person. Lord, what, what do you want me to say now? And we're trying to sync up our activities with the activity of God so that we're living in response to God. This story, this understanding of the Postinic and the Postinia has given you an imagery and a new inspiration and understanding for that. 
Yeah, because if my if I can go out about my day in my my uh, pustinia of the soul, pustinia of the heart, the inner hidden person, uh, it's it's a uh, there's a, a grounding in the spirit of Jesus there, and uh, being led by the spirit, and and this sense that I can open up the door to my soul when I notice somebody when I engage them when when I listen uh, just talking to our our uber driver uh, on the way to our vacation and uh, getting to know that you know he he hadn't attended church in a long time and he'd been through a divorce and and uh, that was devastating to him he'd been very depressed since then and you know asking him questions and listening and just being prayerful I had opened the door to my mm-hmm. Pustinia and, yep. and let him in. And he, yeah. he didn't actually even know to knock until right. until I asked him some questions. And then the Lord just led the conversation and got deeper. And by the end of the conversation, I'm connecting him with a pastor I know yeah. and, and telling him I'd be praying for him and, and giving him the grace of the Lord. Yeah, really, really was beautiful to see the way that you were responsive to the Lord. You opened your Pustinia. In a way, there, there was a... Um, cost to you in that. I mean, it, sometimes we are reluctant to open the door because it feels like such a holy private place, that place of prayer, a little hut with God, that place of um, solitude and silence. And sometimes we want to maybe keep the latch the latch up, and yet you open the latch to him, and it was beautiful to see him pressing in and his responsiveness. And even at the very end, as he said goodbye to us there at LAX Terminal with our baggage out of the car. He asked you again, now make sure you send me that pastor's information. Yeah. I was yeah. And so that's the ministry of spiritual direction, is that we're, we're in our soul, Pustinia, and we are hospitable. Yeah, you didn't force anything. You didn't look at it like, okay, I'm going to evangelize this Uber driver, whoever it is. I'm going to present the gospel. And I'm going to, you, you didn't do that. But you were in your postinia that morning and in that way. And then you sensed that you were to open to him and you did. And you showed incredible spiritual hospitality, listened to him, loved him, asked good questions of him, which we do in spiritual direction. You were present to God. You were listening to God. You were listening to him. And we give empathy as, um, hopefully as disciples of Jesus, uh, but certainly as spiritual directors in the way we train spiritual directors in soul shepherding. And this is part of the ministry of the, the old uh, Pustinics from Russia. And Catherine Doherty d- describes this. She describes the ways that they would care for people. She she would say that the uh, there was a gracious hospitality about the Pustinics because she ate her mother went and visited a Pustinic regularly and she went with her mother. So that's where she got introduced to the, uh, the ministry of the Pustinics. And there were some women Pustinics, which were called Pustinikis. Uh, and uh, in either case, they would live in a hut. And these weren't just like educated religious people. Uh, a lot of them were just ordinary lay people. And they, they were rich or they were poor. It was all different kinds of people that would hear the call of the Lord to become a Pustinic. So she experienced receiving that ministry and uh, really learned from that and appreciated that. And so she brought that tradition to Canada and then ultimately to her ministry of uh, Madonna House, which still, still exists today. There are 200 uh, people that, that live in uh, Madonna Houses in different cities around around the world and continue in her ministry of the 
the Pustinia of the heart, uh, and she also called it the Pustinia in the marketplace. And so, because of the, this idea of the the uh, Pustinic would live at the edge of the village, and so this is a great metaphor for us in terms of our work in our ministry, most especially the ministry of spiritual direction. That this is what you want to do as you're caring for somebody is that you you want to have a space that is uh, private, grounded in God's presence. You want to have good good boundaries in your your identity, and you don't want to be codependent. You don't want to be rescuing people. You don't want to be advice giving. You don't want to be overly helpful. You you want to have a sense of your your separate identity that you know what you feel and you you've learned some things about spiritual direction so you've you've got a, a home base here you've got a, a pustinia and it's it's your place of prayer it's your place of intimacy with god and, and there's nourishment there's grace there there's wisdom like like we talked about um the podcast i can't remember if it was last week or the one before but that one on spiritual direction uh, we talked about the owner of the general store in jesus parable that can put his hands on treasures old and new that's the ministry of the Pustinic. That's the ministry of the spiritual director that we've studied. We've done lots of different spiritual practices that we've gleaned from. And so now we have these, these resources, uh, this nourishment, uh, these wisdom, these perspectives, these skills that are available to be drawn on as the Lord leads while we're listening to somebody. I think that the Apostle Paul made the prison his Pustinia. Yes, he certainly did. And uh, Catherine Doherty in her book says that uh, Jesus's carpentry shop was a pustinia. You can't imagine that while Jesus was making a cradle or a, a, a table that he wouldn't have been praying. And that, that's the basic idea. So in the ministry of spiritual direction, we need this separate identity, this separate sense of self, good boundaries. I got my hut here, but it's on the edge of the village what that represents where real life is happening and that's why this ministry of spiritual direction is open to everybody no matter what your work or your profession yeah so we're not talking about like a a total hermit that's isolated for prayer and worship there are some people that do that that's not we're talking about we're talking about somebody that's integrated with daily life and in the ministry of spiritual direction in the session with the client I want to now engage. Obviously, I need to listen and connect and ask questions and care. I'm in a relationship. We're sitting together, maybe in an office or might be in a coffee shop or on, like we do in Soul Shepherding on, on Zoom. So we have a, a context that we're, we're meeting in, um, and it's all about that that relationship and that that caring and that that bonding and and the relationship of of prayer and spirituality. But we have to balance my independence. Uh, and my bonding, and the two need to come together. And so that's the the metaphor of of the hut is it's on the outside of the village. And so I need to be separate, but then I need to connect, mm-hmm. and I need I need a, a be, be a hospitable space where people are are drawn to to the Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. And and so this metaphor is very helpful for me because, and for all of us, because in our ministry we can make the mistake of being too separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in my head, not warm enough, not uh, friendly and hospitable enough, not interruptible, n- not taking uh, initiative to 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 be friendly, to draw somebody out, to put words to what they're feeling. So we we can't be like detached. You you, you can't help other people if you're detached. But then 
we're prone, especially those of us who are helpers and ministers, shepherds, we're, we're prone to make the opposite mistake of getting over-involved. And we, we've got lots of empathy uh, and care, and we feel what other people feel, but we don't maybe have good enough boundaries. And so we, we can get sucked into if someone's got some emptiness or uh, they're really stuck with a problem and they're having trouble taking responsibility for it, we can get sucked into taking too much responsibility and getting exhausted with the weight of their need or their distress and feeling that pressure, like I've got to fix it. And so it's important to balance that not only do I join and I care and I give empathy uh, and, I, and I do help carry someone's burden, but I don't let it define me. I need, I need to have my, my separate uh, pustinia over here. You know, this is really important and really helpful, Bill, because I think we all are sometimes maybe a little bit weary or suspicious or afraid of the contemplative life, that am I just going to hoard all these spiritual treasures to myself and it's just all become about me and my Jesus and I not be of any use or fruitfulness to the world? Is it going to spoil my ability to be an effective minister even? How could I possibly do my ministry and live this contemplative life? Some of us, especially when we're first learning it or we haven't learned it yet, it feels like it's impossible to reconcile. And so this is a really helpful imagery, I think, what you're talking about of that. No, actually, it's, it's this balance where our rich life of prayer and contemplation and union with God, it's, yes, it is for the sake of our soul, but it's also for the sake of others. And that hospitality piece and that movement back and forth between the abiding and the bearing fruit and the the time alone in solitude and silence, but then that making space for the time of hospitality and engagement and community and ministry. Yeah, so the picture of the Pustinic is a... a a metaphor and a model of integrating uh, contemplative prayer and action, a, a spiritually intimate relationship with God and ministry to others. Yeah, and I think I think you and I each are postinics in a way, although I would be a postiniki. <laughs> but we also have like a shared postinic. We have our individual postinic place of of prayer Pustinia. and hospitality. Yes, thank your, you. Your dyslexia Pustinia. is getting you. Yes, um, that, that hut, that prayer That's hut. That's okay. It that helps everybody place. listening because they haven't heard about the Pustini <laughs> or the Pustinics or the Pustinikis <laughs> also. <laughs> so. But I think also we get to do that even together. Sometimes there's a shared opening of that place of prayer. We have a marital Pustinia. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we have both an individual and a marital. Nice. Yeah, yeah I like that. Well, Lord, we just thank you for each of our listeners and your grace upon their lives. And thank you, Lord, for the ways that they love you in their uh, private pustinias, in their places of prayer, and their rhythms and ways of uh, being with you, being in your presence and uh, worshiping you, being nourished by you, and the ways that they serve others and care for others, lead others, shepherd others in their ministry. And uh, Lord, we just pray for anyone uh, listening to us now who might be called by you to go deeper with you, Jesus, uh, in emotional health and loving leadership through the Soul Shepherding Institute. It would be such an honor and a joy for Christy and I to have uh, this friend with us uh, in one of our institute retreats. Better yet, all four institute retreats 
Best of all, if they could do our certificate in spiritual direction, a two-year program with us, it'd be so fun to do life together in your presence, Lord, and to go deeper in our personal lives and relationships uh, with you, Lord, and learn uh, these uh, processes and skills for uh, the ministry of spiritual direction, whether in a side business or for just integrating into our relationships and our current ministries. So we just trust you to guide and speak to each of our listeners in their life, their needs today, and in the dreams of their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, don't forget to check out the show notes where we've got links to all the things that have been mentioned in this podcast. That's true in every podcast. And if this podcast blesses you, we encourage you to go on and give us a rating or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and help other people to find this podcast and also share it with a friend. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 